It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast. I encourage you to do that. You can rate us. You can say, hey, Alexa, play Locked on Packers. You can say, okay, Google, play Locked on Packers. There are so many ways that you can find us. Why, why, haven't, why haven't you told a friend? Why haven't you said, hey, are you listening to Locked on Packers? You should. I like it. Now, that's assu- assuming you do like it. I'm assuming you're not hate listening. I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. Because of the holiday, uh, we weren't able to get a, a, an expert Tuesday scheduled for this week. And that's okay because... There is always plenty to talk about. Again, the Packers lost 31-28 to in Pittsburgh in a valiant but ultimately for naught effort against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week at home. This is a bad defensive team. It is not a great offensive team either with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, we don't know the status of Jameis Winston yet for this game. It's possible he could play. There's, there's no line on this game in Vegas because of this very question. And frankly, I don't, I don't know that it makes them better. Jameis was struggling before he got hurt. There has been now this investigation that the NFL has undergone into an incident involving an Uber driver and a complaint lodged against Jameis Winston that he acted inappropriately and, and potentially, potentially sexually assaulted an Uber driver based on her testimony and, and her account to the company in a report, that that is what happened. It's it's a troubling set of allegations, and, and BuzzFeed broke that story, and, and you should go read it uh, if you're interested in learning more about that. But in terms of the on-field on part of this, the football part of this, the Buccaneers are a beatable team. They're a team Green Bay should beat, even with Brett Hundley at home. I would say they're pretty comparable teams with Brett Hundley at the helm. But if we get the Brett Hundley that played on Sunday, I think Green Bay can and, and should win this game. I think they should be favored in this game. And this is the first defense that they've played that has been sub-average. And not only are they sub-average, this is a bottom five defense in the league. They've got some great players, Gerald McCoy, is a beast inside. Levante David is an outstanding linebacker. I think Vernon Hargraves 
is a talented corner who will eventually be a very good player, but he's still young, and Brent Grimes is at the end of his career. The safeties are bad. They don't rush the passer well. They have just 15 sacks all season. That was coming into this weekend. So this is a defense that Green Bay should be able to take advantage of. Now on the other side, that's where the question is. I mean, that is, this is the trend of the Aaron Rodgers era and the Mike McCarthy era. The defense for Green Bay is going to be the question. And particularly at corner, and I was looking at some of the numbers Pro Football Focus had. Devon House was one of the most infrequently targeted corners in football earlier in the year. And part of the reason was that Demarius Randall was not playing well. Quentin Rollins was playing horribly. And Kevin King is a rookie, and so he was seeing a lot of targets. Devon House, when targeted, according to Pro Football Focus, is allowing a 116.3 quarterback rating. If that were a QB for a season, he'd be leading the league. That would be like historically great for a quarterback. Now that's on 39 targets, which of the consistent starters is the least, but he's allowed four touchdowns and has just the one interception. Now Demarius Randall, in more snaps, he's got a similar number of targets, a similar number of catches, a similar number of yards, and he's also allowed four touchdowns. The difference is he has four picks. And so creating turnovers, his... Quarterback rating when targeted has gone down. He's got a pretty solid number, but the rest of the metrics don't check out. He's His number is solid in terms of quarterback rating because he's created some turnovers. It hasn't stopped teams from throwing at him. And then the most targeted corner of the group is Kevin King. He's been targeted 44 times in 224 coverage snaps. He's got a 102.9 passer rating against the two touchdowns. By far the most yards after catch. Now part of that is the positions that that he's been in when these catches have been made, and, and he's also given up the most yards of these corners. This is to be expected from a rookie corner. Josh Hawkins also allowed a, a quarterback rating over 100 for the year. Quentin Rollins, of course, was the worst in 71 snaps. Quarterbacks were 17 of 18 for 170. 85 yards after the catch with a touchdown. That's a 124.5 quarterback rating. And he was being targeted fewer than one in four times in coverage that he was on the field. Teams picked him out and said, we're going to throw at you because you're bad. I will not be surprised if he doesn't make this team next year. I said this yesterday. I think at a certain point, you have to have Demarius Randall and Kevin King be your outside starters, and then you bring in Devon House because he's playing so poorly. And and, and maybe at a certain point, and maybe we'll get to that point if, if Aaron Rodgers can't come back or if Green Bay loses one of the next two games and and gets essentially knocked out of the playoff conversation, maybe you do just say, we're going to play Josh Hawkins, and we're going to play Lindsey Pipkins, and we're going to see what they've got. It's not an approach I would necessarily dislike. They need to add more talent at corner. They need to do that this offseason. I liked the Kevin King acquisition. David Bakhtiari obviously made a, a strong statement after the game saying that that he was glad that they had Kevin King and Vince Beagle and, and not T.J. Watt. Now, that's a, that's a guy who is defending his teammates and had to go against Watt all game. It's someone who had a, a questionable helmet-to-helmet hit against his quarterback in the game. And so Bakhtiari is going to talk tough. That doesn't mean that those guys are better players than TJ Watt, but I think everyone sees the talent that Kevin King has. He's been hurt all year. 
Dom Capers admitted in his press conference on Monday, and Mike McCarthy talked about it last week, King is playing hurt. He gutted it out. He left the game. He had to come back. This is clearly a problem for him because he's a guy that likes to play physical. He's like he's a guy that likes to play press. And so if he loses his ability and his strength in his arms, I mean, you can't play football without strength in your arms. So this has obviously hurt Kevin King over the course of the season. You expect a rookie corner to be better. So if we're talking about things that we can look at for next year, I expect Demarius Randall will again be in the slot. I think Kevin King is your starter entrenched outside. I'm not sure the other outside corner is on this team. Maybe it's Devon House. Maybe it's Josh Hawkins. Maybe it's Lindsey Pipkins. I'm not sure I would feel comfortable with any of those combinations at this point. House was on a one-year deal in Green Bay. It felt like a stopgap move. And I think that's what's gonna what it's going to turn out to be. Now, I think Green Bay also thought Quentin Rollins would play better than he did. And that House would be a, a veteran on the outside that would help as Kevin King could sort of come along, but Rollins and Randall played poorly to open the year. Kevin King was forced into the starting lineup, and now here we are. He's being asked to cover Antonio Brown in key moments and key games. Green Bay has to get one more corner. I like I like Randall in the slot. He's going to give up some plays, but he's also a playmaker. I like Kevin King's talent. I like his skills. I like his tools. Devon House has made some nice plays. He's always been inconsistent. He's still only 28. And maybe a new defensive coordinator would help put him in a better position to succeed on a regular basis. That's what I keep coming back to. I would like to see this talent coached by someone else. That's just how I feel. I've said over and over, I'm not going to call for anyone's job. As an observer, as a fan, I would like to see this team, this talent, coached by someone else because I look at the roster and I go, there are teams ahead of Green Bay in defensive efficiency and stats and and whatever you want to pick. There are better defenses than Green Bay's with less talent. I don't think the Bears are a more talented defense than Green Bay, but they're a better defense. That's a problem. I mentioned the pro football focus numbers. You can get all of those numbers by entering our pro football focus edge Giveaway, if you put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, leave your name, your number, your address, serial numbers, social... No, okay, don't do any of that. You, but put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. That gets you access to player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts... Draft coverage, all of the impeccable data over at Pro Football Focus. It's not all perfect. I'll be the first to admit that. But there is a ton of information that you can get there that very few places can provide you. Certainly very few places will provide you that information for free. And you could get this for free, a $39.99 value, if you win our giveaway. So put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes and it could also be yours. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer 
bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. One of the major storylines of the Brett Hundley tenure in Green Bay has been his inability to get Jordy Nelson the football. In that first game where Brett Hundley played, Nelson had six catches for 60 yards. And there was no cause for concern because he had a normal, relatively normal Jordy game. Then against the Saints, he had one catch, 13 yards. Lions, four catches, 35 yards. Bears, three catches, 20. Ravens, two catches, 24. Steelers, three catches, 11. He has 393 receiving yards for the season and hasn't caught a touchdown since Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. When you go back to those those Rodgers games, Seahawks, seven catches, 79 with a touchdown. Bengals, six catches, 52 and two touchdowns. Bears, four catches, 75 and two touchdowns. Cowboys 2 for 24 with a touchdown. Now, part of that is because Nelson has this innate connection with Rodgers, and they just, the red zone, they own. And they own the end zone. Rodgers is going to look for Nelson in that area of the field. And Brett Hundley is just not doing that. Devontae Adams has clearly ascended to be the number one receiver on this team. And he should. He's the most talented at this point. He's the most physically gifted at this point. The route he ran on that 55-yarder The stutter go was magnificent. It was awesome. And Brett Hundley put the ball where it needed to be. This was a play that I I wrote about for the Packers. It was a play that I wrote about in my my Brett Hundley scouting report before his first start. I, I posted a GIF on Twitter. He threw this same stutter go to Jeff Janis for a touchdown against the Eagles in the preseason. And he hit, in the second preseason game against Washington, he hit Janice on the right. This was not a stutter go, but on a go route. His deep balls on the sidelines 
have been on point when he's been throwing to Devontae Adams, not when he's been throwing to Jordy Nelson. They have just been out of sync. And I don't know why that is. Because Nelson's been open. I mean, you watch the All-22, it's pretty clear on a consistent basis, Nelson is open, especially on shots down the field. Hundley has been unable, for whatever reason, to get him the ball. It does seem as though Jordy is playing less in the slot than he was with, with Rodgers, especially last year. And maybe that has something to do with it. But regardless, if Green Bay is going to win the next two games, it would be nice to get Jordy Nelson more involved. Because even if Rodgers does come back week 15, it would be nice to have some sort of rhythm. Even though the quarterback is different, you feel engaged. You feel involved. You play just that extra 3 or 4% harder to win your one-on-one matchup. That, all that stuff matters. And this offense, it, the, the questions I think are more than just where is Jordy Nelson. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Even with Rodgers under center, this was a confusion of mine. Where is Trevor Davis? Where is Geronimo Allison? Why are they so afraid if, if they're going to go with a huddle and they're going to come out and play empty? and they're going to do that with a tight end and a running back, or two tight ends, then the, the answer to why they're not playing Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allison can't be, well, they want to be able to protect. Because you're still going to block with five. The tight end's not coming in to help. I understand in no-huddle situations, you're going to do that with 11 personnel, three receivers, a tight end, and a running back. And if you go empty... You know, it's usually a quick game and you're doing that as part of the no huddle with your core personnel. But if you're going to sub in guys and you're going to go to a huddle and this is going to be a called play, why is Trevor Davis not in the game to, for a gadget play? He, he did have one against the Steelers. It was a, it was a six yard run. All of those, those little, it's not really a jet sweep, but it's a modified jet sweep out of shotgun where the quarterback gets the snap and just sort of pitches it to the ball. It's technically a pass, statistically. Uh, the Patriots, I think, scored on one over the weekend. And they did it with Trevor Davis instead of Randall Cobb. And, and look, when you get the more athletic person, he, he's able to make a play. Why is he not in the game? Why is he not playing more? And Geronimo Allison has been a key cog in this offense at various points over the last year and a half. And he's been involved in the passing game. So why is he not on the field? Why are they not going four wide receivers? Why are you not stressing these teams to get down to their fourth and fifth corners? And if the answer is, well, we're worried about blocking, well, you have the same concern with 11 personnel and going empty. And if the idea is, well, they're going to all out blitz you, well, it's the same issue. Get the ball out quick and let's go. But the issue that I have is that Mike McCarthy has this, has had this problem with Brett Hundley, and we saw it. It was he, McCarthy. This was his best Brett Hundley game in the Steelers game, in that he managed Hundley well for most of the game. But he still vacillates between being a little too aggressive and a little too conservative. That is the spectrum that he operates in. And I thought on that that field goal attempt, he admitted. He said the field goal attempt was the right call. And in some ways, I think he's right. You trust your kicker. You know, the Steelers made the game winner from 53, not that much shorter than 57. 
I think it was a little embarrassing that Crosby missed that 57-yarder as badly as he did. But the first down play call and the third down play call, he admitted, McCarthy did, that maybe that was not the best option, not the best choice. I understand wanting to put your quarterback in the best position to succeed. Why not let him play with four receivers? Why not let him play with five? I mean, I I can't remember the last time five receivers were on the field for the Packers. Was Brett Favre playing? Because Mike McCarthy revitalized Brett Favre's career with that big five. With Corin Robinson. I mean, why, why not once in the game go five wide? Or at least four wide with a running back? I mean, I feel like there may be three snaps a game maximum that we see that. Why not Why not come out on first down and try that? I just, I don't understand. The Memphis Grizzlies made major headlines Monday firing their head coach, Dave Fisdale. Locked on Grizzlies has you covered for all the latest there and always keep it locked on Bucks and locked on NBA for the latest in pro basketball. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long lasting battery powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. There was a lot of discussion over the last 24, 48 hours about how Green Bay should handle the Aaron Rodgers comeback and whether they should just shut it down and under what circumstances it would be okay to bring him back. And I am of the opinion that if there is still a mathematical chance for Green Bay to make the playoffs, that he should be on the field. If there is no added risk of injury above and beyond what is normal for a player in a football game. I went through the scenarios and there's still a lot to be decided because there's still five games left, but this is not dissimilar from the position they were in last year when they won the final six and got in. They're they're going to need to win five. They're going to have to win out to make the playoffs. That's just, there's too many teams with too good a records at this point. The Lions the Panthers, the Falcons, two of those teams are going to get to 10. And so the question is going to be, can Green Bay get to 10? If they win the next two, they can get to 10. And that is a critical piece because if Rodgers comes back for week 15, if they beat the Panthers, they beat the Vikings, if they beat the Lions, those three games, those provide them with crucial, 
cushion in the playoff race. If they beat the Lions and it comes down to the Packers and the Lions with 10 wins and that's the tiebreaker, if they beat the Lions, they'll have split the head-to-head matchups. But the Packers will have handed the Lions their fifth conference loss and that is the tiebreaker in that scenario. Now things get complicated if Carolina ends up with 10 wins as well because the head-to-head matchup gets wonky and the three-way tiebreaker is not as simple as the two-way tiebreaker. If all three teams end with 10 wins, depending on where those 10 wins come from, it's unlikely that Green Bay gets in. What the Packers have to hope for is the Panthers, who have a very difficult schedule to close, that they lose three games plus the Packers game. Now, obviously, the Packers can do their part and win their game. But the Packers, at this point, if you're a Packers fan, plenty of you have moved on to 2018, and that's fine. But you have to put your anti-Viking bias aside, and you have to root for the Vikings against basically all of the teams that they play in the NFC South down the stretch. The Vikings play Carolina. doesn't really matter what happens with Atlanta. Atlanta looks more likely to finish with 11 wins with their schedule and the way that they're playing. But it's not out of the question for Green Bay to get in, especially with the tiebreaker over Seattle and Seattle so banged up. Cam Chancellor now out for the season. Richard Sherman out for the season. They don't have a running game. They don't have a running back. Their offensive line is still a mess. And the Lions are already at five losses. So, I mean, would it surprise anyone if they lost to the Bears or the Bengals? They don't have a, a, a supremely difficult schedule down the stretch, but this is still the Lions. It is not, certainly not the most likely scenario, but I, I personally don't love the Panthers. I don't think they're great. I know they, they went into New England and played well, but I just, the, the Saints kicked the crap out of them. The Falcons were a dropped Julio Jones in the end zone. I mean, I don't think the Panthers are a very good team. They're a good team. They're not a very good team. So that there is there is actually still a scenario in which the Packers are the five seed. Now, the, the division is pretty much out of reach, barring a, a, a catastrophic implosion by the Minnesota Vikings. But the wild card is very much in play. They could be going to New Orleans in week one of the playoffs. They could be going to St. Louis. That would be pretty special. Going to L.A., playing a, a second-year quarterback. You know, this is all assuming Rodgers comes back and they win out. There are some fascinating potential scenarios in, in, the, in the NFC playoff picture. And they can't win five in a row if they don't win one. So they need to focus on that. They need to, they need to beat Tampa Bay this week. And we'll go from there. A lot more coming this week, Tuesday through Friday. Stay with us and stay locked on Packers.